Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. If you're happy to be in the house of the Lord today, say amen. amen. Well, I'll tell you, it's good to see all of you. And if you're a guest, we are especially happy for you to be with us today. We hope that you've been made to feel welcome. I have a special guest. I'm telling you, these people just keep pouring in friends and family. A uh, lady came in and her husband here today, and they are from up in Ohio, and I'm so glad that you're here. She's a music teacher. She came to hear me sing. I said, I don't sing anymore. I'm the preacher. She went, oh, really? It is what it is, Glenda. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be in God's house today. We're going to continue our, our series on standing, on the concept of standing and the thought of standing. Uh, I read a story this week. I thought this was kind of interesting as we uh, talk about character and standing. Listen to this. It's said that the famous French author, uh, Balzac, fancied himself to be an expert at interpreting handwriting. Wow. He believed that he could determine the character of a person by analyzing their script and their writing. Well, I'm glad I didn't live in this time. That'd be kind of, you know, what do you say about me? One, uh, one day, an older lady brought a little boy's homework, a notebook with homework in it to this man to interpret and uh, give the opinion of the child's potential. And uh, this, this writer, he said, uh, this poet, he said, you know, here's the deal. This author, he said, here's the deal. Um, I looked at it very closely, and I believe it's an untidy script, and, and this boy's you know, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think, you know, he's going to, you know, be a writer. Or, uh, and so he asked the older lady that brought the notebook, he said, is, is this your son that you're wanting me to analyze this character script about? And she said, no. He said, is it a relative? She said, no. Um, he said, well, then I'll, I'll just share with you what I think about it. And he gave her the advice, and she said, ha, here's the deal. This is your notebook from when you were in high school. And so, you know, a lot of people have this concept of character, and, and when we're talking about character, I can't think of a better example in the Bible than Daniel. As we've studied Daniel for the last couple weeks, and today is the third one, we're going to look at a story. You know, when I was a kid growing up in church, I remember reading about Daniel, and I, I, I had this notion in my mind that he was this young, good-looking guy, and he's sitting in this lion's den with a bunch of little kitty cats, you know, with the door closed. That's kind of the way the story was when I, when I was growing up, you know, and I'd get my little star on the chart every week. You guys know what I'm talking about? And if I got enough of those, I got me a lapel pin, you know. But, but as I studied this story this week, I found out something very interesting. Did you know that a lion, when it roars, you can hear the, the roar up to five miles? Did you know that? Did you know that the average, a lion can get up to 500 pounds? Did you know that they can run 50 miles an hour? 50 miles an hour. Did you know they can leap 36 feet? Wow. I mean, that's not the little kitty cat that I saw in the pictures and the things that I grew up with. And so when I thought about this and I realized he truly is the king of the jungle, isn't he? And this story about Daniel today is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And we see a situation here about a young man who grows older, and uh, he is one of a uh, man of character that we find in the Bible. And so we're going to look at that together. But before we go any further, will you pray with me? Father, we are grateful for another day of life. We are grateful, Lord, that we have the privilege to come into this place and to proclaim your word, Lord. And, and I pray, God, that today as we share this passage of Scripture, that people will hear what it is that you have to say to them, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be the teacher. And God, when we leave this place, we'll be encouraged. We'll be encouraged by knowing that it can be done, following you even in difficult times and being a person of character. It can be done. So bless this time and give me the gift of preaching, and we pray it in the precious name of Jesus and everybody together said, amen. So the story is Daniel lives in Judah, which is over here, 
This king overthrows Judah, comes and gets a bunch of captives and takes them to Babylon. And Daniel is one of those. He's smart, and that's why they took him. But he loved the Lord. He loved God, and he served God. And so while he's in Babylon, he doesn't bend on his beliefs. He doesn't cow down. He holds on, and we've studied a little bit about that. And he does, and they recognize him, and they notice him. And they notice that he's a guy that truly believes in his God. And they see his God working these incredible miracles. And so what happens is he moves through the ranks. He starts at the bottom being in captivity. And he goes through the ranks. And the next thing you know, he's at the top shelf. And there's the king. And there's three people. And Daniel's one of those three. And these three people uh, are in authority. I mean, he's like second in command. And so Daniel impressed not one, not two, but possibly three or four kings. And this is one of the second or third one. His name is Darius. And so Daniel's job, he becomes what they call a satrap. That's the title. But basically what that means is he was a kingdom watcher. He was one of these people that was put in charge to kind of make sure everything went right and that they didn't steal the money from the kingdom. It was kind of like watching the watchers, if you know what I mean. And he was a man that was held in high regard. And so when we pick up on this, we see that Daniel is a man of character. We're going to read out of the sixth chapter. And I want to read a couple verses to you here as we start. In chapter 6, we're going to read a couple verses here. Here's the story. Here's where we pick it up. It pleased Darius, who was the king, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, who are those kingdom guards, to be over the whole kingdom. And over these, there were three governors whom Daniel was one of. Now think about that. He came from a little boy being carried into captivity. He worked his way up to be second in command here. And so he gives an account to them so that the king would not suffer any losses. And when Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, the kingdom watchers, because he had an excellent spirit, it was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, think about this. Here's a guy, as I said, that's carried into captivity. He says, I'm sure there were Monday mornings when he got up and went over and said, Lord, have mercy, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. But that's where God put him. And in that moment, he was faithful. And you know what happened? God began to work and move him up the ladder. And now we see him in one of the top offices in the kingdom. And it's an amazing job. And, and he could have, like I said, he could have been somebody to steal money, but he didn't. He showed that he was a man of integrity and character, and they didn't do it by interpreting his handwriting. He got a promotion. Daniel got this promotion. He's still serving God. He's being a great witness all the way up. One of the things is, if we're faithful in the little things, God will give us more to be faithful with. Do you believe that? Say amen. And so we trust God. But something begins to happen as Daniel moves up this ladder. Something very interesting begins to happen. Because he's serving God, he's being a great witness. Guess what? Everybody around him wasn't excited as, as excited about him getting that promotion as he was. Can I get a witness? Anybody ever had something happen in your life and you find that other people just aren't as excited about it as you are? And then, in fact, they're not happy at all, and they want to sabotage it sometimes. You ever notice that? I remember when I was in church back a few years ago, there was a young man got saved, and man, he was on fire. He was, I thought he was going to be one of them aisle-running Baptists. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Shouting, man. He was excited. He would witness to everybody that came into his sight. And you know what some of the older people said? Well, I'll be glad when this wears off, man. Oh, man. I said, not me. I'm glad that he loves Jesus, and I'm glad that he's excited, and that he shares that. And so this is what's happening. And all of a sudden, these people that are around Daniel, they're like, man, this ain't cool. He's wearing us out. I'm jealous. 
I'm jealous of this. So what they begin to do is they begin to plot against him. They're going to take him out. Now, it's an interesting thing here. Daniel could have gotten resentful. Daniel could have gotten, you know, kind of like I'm going to take, take it out on them, but he didn't. He kept his eyes on the Lord. And so Daniel continued to point. Now, you've got to remember, Daniel's 80 years old. Wow, he's been doing this over 60 years. He's a man of integrity. He's a man who's a man of character. He's 80 years old, and he distinguished himself. He was serving the Lord. But here's the point of this. I want to mention this to you. When God raises you up, you can expect people to tear you down at times. Amen. Very quiet, isn't it? But it's true. Because you know why? The devil doesn't want you to be prosperous and go forward. He's going to do everything he can to knock you down. How many of you have ever tried to do something for the Lord, and it seems like everything in the world gets in the way? I can't do that. No, then it knocks you down. And so we see this kind of thing happening. And Daniel was full of integrity. You know what he does? He, he continues his way, follows God, and he doesn't bend one bit. He continues on. In 300 B.C., there was a philosopher named Plato. You know what he said? If ever a truly good man were to come along, in 300 B.C. he's saying this, if ever there was truly a good man to come along and appear in this world, they would gouge his eyes out and crucify him. This is a Plato, 300 B.C., Interesting. 300 years later, a man did appear, and his name was Jesus. And you know what the world did? They crucified him. There's truth to when good things happen. Sometimes it doesn't make everybody happy. But you must go forward. We must go forward. So these governors, they want to knock this guy out of the realm of what he's doing. So they think, how can we do this? How can we? Because he's such a good guy. How do we do this? And so when you remember back in verse uh, 8 of chapter 1, Daniel, it says, predetermined in his mind to serve the Lord. He had set his mind on the course to serve. And so he's going forward, and over 80 years he's doing this. Daniel didn't have this philosophy, well, you know, I'm in Rome, I'll do as the Romans. He didn't have the philosophy, well, I'm in Babylon, I'll do as the Babylonians. No, he said, I'm, I'm here, and I'm going to do what God's will is for me. I will lead, go where he leads me. I'll go where he follows. Where he leads me, I will follow him. Daniel was spiritually mature enough. He didn't sell out. It can be done, folks. Somebody say amen. It can be done. That's the beauty of these stories as we read them. These were people, human beings just like you and I. And he didn't give up. He followed the Lord. And he didn't give up. He didn't cave in. He could have taken the promotion. He could have played the system, but he didn't do that. Daniel was spiritually mature enough. And he knew that not everybody was going to be happy. But God was raising him up for a special place. He was raising him up. He came from a long line of people. He was raised in the ways of God, and so he had seen the past. And I want to encourage you to do that. Look back when you think things are so tough for you. In the, look back. God has always taken care of you, hasn't he? And so a couple of weeks ago I said, you remember when Daniel predetermined in the first chapter? I said, there's an old hymn, and I don't know. Daniel didn't write it, but he could have because it says this. I have decided to follow Jesus. Come on. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Now this week, you know what he's writing? Though none go with me, still I will follow. Come on. Though none go with me, still will follow. Though none go with me, 
I still will follow. And this is the best part. No turning back. No turning back. All of the great heroes of faith in the Bible, you want to read about them, go in the book of Hebrews. Look in chapter 11. You know what the key was? They were faithful people to God through their whole lives. They followed him. They made mistakes. But God picked them up. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you've made a mistake. I want to tell you, God's grace can cover it. There's not one sin that you've done or that you're going to do that God hasn't already sent his son to die on a cross for you. That's good news. Daniel was a man of integrity. He was following the Lord. And it wasn't popular. When we follow the Lord, sometimes it's not popular. People will make fun of you. People will joke about you. I worked in a job one time, and I don't know if you guys remember Saturday Night Live, but there was a lady called the church lady. And she was special. I worked in a job one time, and you know what? They, they called me the church lady. I would say something, they would look over at me, and they'd go, how special. That got old after a while. I liked Dana Carvey's character, but I didn't like it when they were pointing me out at it, you know? It wasn't that I was that much of a good person, but people will... People will not, you know, they won't always respect you for that. I mean, they won't always, you know, they'll tease you about it because they're not happy for your joy. But you keep your eyes on the cross. You keep your eyes on the Lord and he will renew your strength. Your Savior came to town and they were yelling, Hosanna, and it was Friday they were yelling, crucify him when it came around. Why should we expect any different? Daniel was a man of integrity. In, in, in Australia, New Zealand, they have a thing called the poppy syndrome. It's about the poppy plant. When it grows, it says that it grows tall enough that others will come in and chop the bottom out from underneath it. In this country, we have a similar kind of thing about crabs in a bucket. They call it the crab syndrome. You ever see a bucket full of crabs? They're in there, and they're just wiggling around and going like this, and one of them tries to come up, and the other will grab and pull them down. Don't you let nobody pull you down. By the power of Jesus, you go forward. That's what Daniel did, and we can do this. We can do this. They can't figure it out. They can't figure it out because Daniel's following the Lord. He's a good person, and they don't like it. He's got, he's, he's got these promotions. He's moving on. They don't like it. Daniel is standing out. Daniel is standing up, and Daniel is standing strong, but he's not doing it alone. He's standing in God's strength, and when the world feels like it's falling in around you, you hold on, and you stand in God's strength. I want to encourage you with that today. You hold on. Don't you give up. So the others say, well, what do we do? What can we do about this guy? Because we can't find anything wrong with him. He's not taking any money and sticking it in his pocket. He's not doing this. So how can we get to this Daniel? We've seen him for 60 years in this place, and he loves this God, and he's done miracles. How do we bring him down? So then they began to connive. So look at verse 4 and 5. It says, so the governors and the satraps sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault. Because what? He was faithful, nor was there any error or fault in him. Wow, what a testimony. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Can't find anything else? Let's pick on his religion. Let's pick on his expression with God. Now watch what they do. They go find a political leader named Darius. This is, the ki- this is the king. They go to him and they go, Darius, long live Darius, blah, blah, blah. And they blow his head up. He's got an ego. He's not a god, but he might be thinking he's close to it. And they're telling him how great he was. And, and so they, they appeal to him, these guys that are trying to bring Daniel down. You following me? 
And they said, Dan, you know what you ought to do? You ought to write a decree. You're so great, I'm giving you the paraphrase version. You should write a decree that says, nobody should pray to any other God or man for 30 days. That's what you ought to do because you're so great and blah, 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 blah. And you know what he did? He wrote it. Now, this is a little strange for us today because we don't live in a culture where you can't change something. You know, I mean, you can appeal it and so forth. But they lived in the law of Medes and the Persians. And once it was written, it is written. So this king puts this into writing, and it's written. This king loved Daniel, and he realized, as you read on, what was going on. I love this part. This is my favorite part of this story. Watch this. Go down to verse 10. As soon as he signs this, uh, verse 8, it says, Now, O king, establish the decree, sign the writing, so that it cannot be changed, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Wow. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. And when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, you watch this, watch this, watch this, he went home. This would make a great movie. He went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down, and say it with me, and prayed. And gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since the early days. See, this wasn't something that Daniel said, you know what, I'm going to go rebel. Watch this. <laughs> I'm going to go rebel. This was something that Daniel had been doing all along. And in Psalms 55, verse 17, it talks about that, that praying three times a day was part of their culture, and he stuck to that. How beautiful is this? How beautiful is this? They set the trap for him, and it was about his beliefs. What kind of conv- If that was me, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I've heard those lions roar. I've been five miles away. I don't know. Not Daniel. He went straight to the place knelt before his God and prayed, and wow, what a testimony. Didn't need no handwriting thing here to get a character. He was a man of character, and God blessed him. You see, it can be done. It can be done. And here's the second point of this. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. It worked for Daniel. It worked for countless others in this book, and I promise you it will work for you. How do we do that? Look, as you go on, he, he was into this thing. He did, it wasn't something that he just started. He prayed, he opened for, windows toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees. When was the last time you knelt on your knees and prayed? I got to thinking about this this week. When was the last time I got on my knees and prayed? You see, it's, not something, it's something that we should do as Christians. We should be praying continually. The Bible talks about that. It says pray without ceasing. And what convicted my heart this week? You know what? Prayer should be something that we do all the time, and it should be the first thing that we do. What's the first thing that we usually do when something happens? It starts with a P, but it's not prayer. It's panic. Right? Sometimes? Anybody here with me on this? And so God convicted my heart and said, you know what? You need to start praying when something happens in your life. As I thought about, what would I have done if I'd have been in this situation where they said, you can't pray to your God? I'd probably went and hid and become like the New I'd say, I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm a closet prayer. Watch me. Or maybe I'm one of those that watches and prays, you know, close one eye. Or maybe you do the Baptist thing of the silent prayer request right over here, silent. You know. That's sarcasm, I think. Not Daniel. Daniel got up and he prayed before them just like he had been doing. And so when we notice Daniel's strength, we find that his strength and his character was grounded in prayer. What a blessing. Now, you say, well, is it that simple, Kent? Because, you know, when we pray... We should bring it before the Lord, and we should do that first. 
but the way we feel about prayer sometimes. Have you ever noticed how we word things? I think it kind of speaks louder than, than really we recognize. Because here's something that I've used before, and I've said this. Something happened, and I go, well, you know, we've done everything we can, or we've tried everything we can, so let's pray. Like it's a last resort. Or, well, all I can do now is pray. I mean, all we have left is prayer. Here's the thing. We should start with the prayer. That's where Daniel started. You with me on this? Daniel started with prayer. Think about it. What if in a situation came into our life and we had a lion's den in our situation, that kind of a, instead of saying, well, I can handle this, and then we run all the way down until there's nothing left, and we go, well, all there is left now is I pray. What if when that situation happened, we said, you know what? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call on the king of the universe, the one that created this place, the one that formed this in his hand, and I'm going to call on him and say, Lord, help me. What if we started like that? What if we started in our rooms, on our knees, when something happened and said, God, I'm going to give it to you first. How about this one? God, you delight in helping us. I'm calling on your name. Help me. I want to encourage you because, you know what? I haven't done this. It was convicting to me this week as I read this story. This was a real story. This was a real man. And he prayed to God and he gave us an incredible example. He did the right thing. He trusted God. And when you do the right thing, you can always trust God with the results. As I studied this and I began to think about it, Daniel was thrown in a lion's den. And the next day when they opened the door, there he was. And the king shouted and he rejoiced. He was excited about that. You know, when he was thrown in there, he didn't know... He, he didn't know that those lions weren't going to kill him. You ever think about that? He, know, he didn't have like we did. He didn't have the story. He didn't know how it was going to end. Here's what he did. He prayed to God and he gave it to him and he left it there. Brother Kenny Clore, one of our former staff people that passed and went home to be with the Lord, he used to tell me all the time, hey, Holland, give it to the Lord and leave it there. I'm working on it, okay? This is a lesson, the message that we see with Daniel, when you do what's right, you can always trust God. You know, there's other stories in the Bible where people had the same amount of faith as Daniel, but the outcome was different. Perhaps they were martyred. Perhaps they were taken out. See, sometimes when we stand, we might have to face consequences that we don't understand, but we can trust God. We can trust God. Daniel didn't know the outcome, but he trusted God. We're flying along at about 1,000 feet, but when we get up to where we can see what God sees, the whole picture. And I believe that when we get to heaven and when we die, it'll make sense. It'll be just like that, you know, because there's, there's why questions. We all have those why. Can't answer those, but we can trust God because he's faithful, and that's what Daniel did. He did what was right, and he trusted God with the results. Dan, the man, was faithful to God, and that was it. Beautiful story. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. But how about the outcome? This doesn't seem fair. God had been faithful to him before, and Daniel knew that he was going to be faithful again. The king was devastated by this situation. He loved Daniel, and he was devastated. He was down there when they rolled the door open, and they said, oh, my goodness, he's alive. And he praised his God. You see what's happening, and it just kind of the news spread. Isn't that the way it works? When something good happens, and God uses us, and we share it, and it encourages other people. You ever been encouraged by somebody else, by their story? Yeah, amen. 
blesses us. And so what we're taught in this is also, not only should we do these things, but we should also share what God has done in our life. Share your story. Everybody has a story. I say this over and over and over again. People say, well, you know, I'd witness, I do this, but I don't know the Bible. You got a story, ain't you? You know Jesus? Share that story. Pray first and give it to the Lord. That's what Daniel did, and it was earth-shattering. Now, here's the thing. You think about this story, and you think, wow, you know, the only time I ever see a lion is when I go to the zoo, right? Or if you've been on an African safari, maybe you've seen, or maybe you've seen it in a movie. I don't see lions anymore. Did you know in the New Testament, 1 Peter 5, 8 says that the devil is as a roaring, what? Lion. Lion, prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. And here's the good news. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can have a Daniel experience. We can. We can have a Daniel experience. How do we do that? How do we win when we're tempted and when things overcome in our lives? How do we stand? How do we stand out? Well, you know the Apostle Paul? Here's a guy whose life was amazing, and he gives us an example of how to stand, and it's in the book of Ephesians. And I want to share this with you today. Check this out. Ephesians. You going to pull that up for me? Okay, Ephesians 6. Watch this. We'll start at verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't have tigers that we're wrestling with, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. Hmm. It can be just as it can be just as dangerous, can it? It can be just as dangerous against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, now watch this. He's stating the fact we wrestle with principalities and powers, but he doesn't leave them hanging there. He says, therefore, watch, that means there's something coming, Harold. I like this, don't you? There's something, therefore, hold on because something's coming. Hold on, watch this. Look what he says. Therefore, take up what? The whole armor of God. When these things happen in my life, am I taking up the whole armor of God or am I just taking up part of it or am I trying to control it? He says, take up the whole armor. What does that mean? What is the whole armor of God? Watch this. He says, that you may be able to what? Withstand in the evil day, having done all. What's the word? Come on, say it with me. Stand. Having done all, stand when you take up the whole armor of God. Stand, therefore, having your uh, loins girded waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Not just one piece of this equipment, all of it. Take all of it and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How much time do we spend in God's Word? And then look at this. Here's Daniel's secret, you guys. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The greatest thing that we can do for each other is pray for each other. I rail on this all the time. I say it every week, I think. I, I, I even get tired of hearing myself say it, but I think we can never hear it enough. Prayer is the greatest privilege that we have as Christian people. Prayer is the greatest thing that God has given us in sense of what can help us in this world. You got a problem with something in your life? pray about it. You got somebody in your life that you got a problem with? Pray for them. You got something that you got to deal with? Pray. I can go down the, I, I, I can go down the aisles and talk to people because you've come to me and you said, I've been praying, brother, and it's changed things. Amen? 
Hasn't there been people that's, uh, absolutely. Has God not spoken into your life and because of prayer? What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Daniel got this. Daniel's life was not easy. Daniel started in one place geographically, was taken to another place geographically, spent 80 years plus in a place that he didn't want to be, perhaps, I'm pretty sure I understand. And he shared his God where God put him. Tomorrow morning when we get up, we may be going to places that we don't want to be, but God has put us there for a reason. There's perhaps somebody there that needs to hear your testimony, and you are a person of character that they're looking at. Pray. Pray. Give it to God, because when God raises you up, he's with you. When he raises me up, he's with us. And when God raises us, don't expect everybody else to get all excited about it. Because there will be somebody that will want to tear you down. Boy, you're a quiet bunch today. I know that to be true. Say amen. amen. Or are you just scared? Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. When God raises you up, there will be somebody that will want to tear you down. Second thing about it is kneeling to pray will give you strength. And when you do what's right, you can trust God with the results. Put on the whole armor of God. Pray. I didn't read verse 11. I started at 12. Look at verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to, against what? The wiles of the devil. He's real. You don't think he's real? You look at the front page of the paper. You turn the news on. <laughs> but I want to tell you, just as real as that, God is real. And prayer is real, and God is for you. He's for you, and it's good news today. Just like he helped Daniel, God is for you. Stand. Stand in his grace. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the story of Daniel, a man of character, a person, Lord, that, that you used, that we know his name today because he stood for you. In a bad situation, he stood for you. And God, you used him. I pray, God, that you use each one of us in this room today. Help us to stand in your strength. Not to be abrasive, but to stand and to be your people. To love on people. To love the world. Love the people in the world. To reach out. Because of Daniel's testimony, Lord, we see that people respected him and, and they saw you. And so, God, I pray that through us, people will see you. Give us the grace to stand. Father, as we go into this time and commitment i pray if there's someone here that's never made a stand for you that this would be the day that they would take the courage and the step to follow you father have your way for those who are hurting and broken i pray god that you bless them touch them those in our congregation